Happy Valentine's Day, Jacob said, smiling but ducking his head as he greeted me. He held out a small pink box, balancing it on his palm. Conversation hearts. Well, I feel like a schmuck, I mumbled. Is today Valentine's Day? Jacob shook his head with mock sadness. You can be so out of it sometimes. Yes, it is the 14th day of February. So are you going to be my valentine? Since you didn't get me a 50-cent box of candy, it's the least you can do. I started to feel uncomfortable. The words were teasing, but only on the surface. What exactly does that entail, I hedged. The usual, slave for life, that kind of thing. Oh, well, if that's all, I took the candy. But I was trying to think of some way I could make the batteries clear. Again. Welcome back to The People's Pod. The People's Pod. Um, This episode's a little different, Chris. Why's that? Um, Because I'm not in it. (laughs) Well, you're here right now, though. Wait, who are you? Wait, 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 wait. I gotta ask a question only the real Maggie will know the answer to. What team are you? I'm team... Not Jacob. Okay, good, good. Okay, that's the real Maggie. I'm Chris, Team Charlisle Forever. And this is Edward is a vampire. We changed the spelling. We decided branding, not for us. In my head, uh, Edward still does talk like Count Chocula. Yeah, but as followers of our Instagram may know, I've been under what we call weather. She's been under um, weather much like that of Forks, Washington. Gray and wet. <laughs> Gross. Okay, she hasn't been that wet, guys. Um, and so I'm just, I'm just not, I'm just not, uh, not up to it. Okay. Look, this book drains me a healthy person, let alone an unwell person. Exactly. This would tip you over the edge to what doctors call yikes. Yeah, I'll, uh, hopefully I'll be back next week. Me, me hope, me hope so too. But for now, I'm, I'm just gonna talk for the next ten minutes, and then I'm gonna go right back to bed. Oh, she's one of the bucket uh, grandparents. I am indeed a bucket. Woke up just to say one thing and goes right back to bed. Mm-hmm. But are you just gonna leave me here all by myself? No. And talk about this book. No. That's hell. I've recruited. Uh, Fast-talking, top-of-the-line, uh, kitchen appliance. <laughs> uh, our dear friend, uh, hero of this dumb country that we live in, uh, and my personal take queen, it's Morgan Burris. Morgan, hi! Hi, it's me, Morgan Burris. Hero of our nation. That Are is- we ready to t- take uh, onto your shoulders? <laughs> I'm so ready. Um, I actually read this few hundred pages of Twilight. Sort of really, it really brought me down and reminded me what a hellscape we're living in. And I'm excited to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. Morgan, I'm happy to have you here because you and I have all the same takes about the things we love and no one else even bothers to care enough to have an opinion about. 
That's normally true. I, I'm struggling to think of an example because I think that every everything that we care about is inherently so important. Yeah, yeah. Here's some important things that we care about that Chris will not even know enough about to have a take on. Uh, Charmed. Ugh, huge. Uh, Nicole Silverberg's Grey's Anatomy podcast. Yeah. Oh my god, another great one. Not really Grey's Anatomy itself. I do, although I do love Grey's Anatomy, but that's objectively so important. The podcast is it changed everything for me. Totally. Um, what else? Uh, uh, loves the only house. Uh, big enough for all the pain in the world. Uh huh. <laughs> That's that, those are the examples I can think of, but I, I bet it keeps going. <laughs> the only thing we disagree on is Bobby from Queer Eye. Oh, yes. Oh, this opened up a vein, and I am willing to stitch it back up by saying I'm glad Morgan's here. And also, it seems like you're a pure replacement for Maggie. So, um, you know, I think we'll just have you on every week now. Perfect. And we'll have to find someone to replace me so I can no longer have to read these books. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I literally stopped reading after chapter nine and I won't be finishing. So I don't know if I can re- <laughs> replace Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it's honestly very brave of you to join in and read not just the chapters that we're discussing this week, but also the previous ones. Well, I had to put it in context. It, the context matters so much in Twilight, as I'm sure you know at this point. Um, I don't know that that is true, but <laughs> I'm excited that you uh, took it seriously. Speaking of context, one last thing before I, you know. Dissolve. Dissolve, like, Back to the Future parents. Um, uh, the context that we're recording in, in the world, uh, has been... The world has been abuzz with Twilight breaking news. Maggie and I were discussing how it's honestly so rude that we started this Twilight podcast or had discussed starting this Twilight podcast. For years. For years, mostly as a joke, because we're like, no one even thinks about Twilight anymore. And wouldn't it be funny if we talked about it? And then once America 2 happened, we realized we need to go back to the things that remind us of a time when the craziest thing happening was Twilight. Twilight. We're mad that we made a funny podcast about an irrelevant thing, and now it's much less funny because it's suddenly we're making a podcast about a really important pop culture thing. Important is a bold take. All I'm saying is literally 700 people, literally 700 people messaged me about Midnight Sun. Midnight Sun. Are you aware of Midnight Sun? Yeah, I read the PDF in high school like everybody else did. Heck yeah. Uh, I think Maggie did. I didn't. Um, I think it's so funny um, that Stephanie Meyer wrote uh, Twilight from Edward's point of view, got about halfway through it, then someone leaked it, and then she threw her hands up and said, you guys can't, you don't deserve this. (laughs) If you're going to leak it, you don't deserve my book. And then she decided now in America too, you need my book. Come children, come read my book. Um, She says something so shady when she's, talking about the release of this book where she was like, yeah, Edward just has a lot more going on. It's just much more interesting (laughs) from his perspective. And then if like, that's your take about the characters that you made up, (laughs) why didn't you write it from her point of view to begin with? Uh, Such disdain for our poor little baby bells. I was shocked to hear that this was like a new thing because I'm positive my stepsister, who was she was a senior in high school when I was a freshman. I was positive she had a physical copy of Midnight Sun. Are we sure this is the first time it's ever 
Ben Bisley. Yes. Maybe she went to, you know, Office Max and got them to print and bind it for her. I was going to say, when you Google Midnight Sun or when you like search for Twilight books used on Amazon or eBay, a lot of weird, like self-published versions of Midnight Sun come up. So she she could have bought one that was just like sold by, you know, rags to riches books. (laughs) I love the idea that my stepsister, like, either bound her own copy of Midnight Sun just to have or found some pirated bootlegged version. Both are very good to imagine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Facebook message her later and find out. We need to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Midnight Sun coming out this August. We the are- cover is fucking nasty. It's disgusting. Have you seen the cover of this book? No, but I'm already tired. What is it? <laughs> it's like a dripping pomegranate. But like a pomegranate that someone like ripped in half with their bare hands. I'm going to just, I'm just going to send it to you. It right looks now. like growths on some sort of organ, internal organ. It, it, it's nasty. Um, so good for them for creating something that we hate. <laughs> Yum. We have a friend who designs book covers and she said, maybe that's what they were going for. That it's a nasty book. No one should read. <laughs> they've achieved that um so yeah we're gonna read it on the podcast don't you worry um we'll just have to get through everything else that this book keeps spitting out at us so re- get ready for a midnight sun take in four years when it becomes irrelevant again um we'll be back with that um so we're gonna go check out sorry i'm not talking because i'm looking up the, fu- the, the, the thing and i'm leaving it all to chris and he's upset with me no I want you to keep that in. I want him to know how mad you are. Good point. I'm a I'm a famously mad boy. Punching, punching the air. <laughs> so that the breeze hits me in an uncomfortable way. Is it rotting? It seems like it is. Oh my god. So gross. I'm thinking it's trying to do like a biblical, like forbidden fruit thing. I'm confused because didn't Twilight have an apple on it? So it wouldn't if Ed's, if it were Edward's perspective, why wouldn't we just have a rotting apple? Like, why did we change to a pomegranate? Is there some sort of meaning behind this? Uh oh, I have to read it again. It's Stephanie saying that men and women are opposites because mm. you can just flip it per her gender swapped Twilight. But it's also not like the hands holding the pineapple. Yeah. So she said pineapple. pineapple. <laughs> do, do you think she thinks the pomegranate is the opposite of the apple? I think it has to be a vegetable, a cucumber. It's long, but like green. apples and oranges. You okay, know, we're gonna sad. we're gonna have to fight about what the opposite of an apple is. <laughs> the whole point of apples and oranges is that they're not opposites; they're different. Okay, guys, I get it. You're smarter than me. Okay, <laughs> we do have to discuss this. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna uh, take a quick break, discuss the opposite of an apple, and then we'll be right back. Okay. All right. Bye. Oh, see you later, Maggie. Bye. I'm going Bye. to bed. <laughs> Good night. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so I have to do the thing I don't want to do, which is call this Sparkle Notes in honor of Maggie. Sparkle Notes for these chapters of Twilight New Moon. Chapter 7. Morgan pointed out it's literally called Repetition. Here we go. Um, Bella is sad. She goes to Jacob's house. Um, They're almost done fixing the bikes. Jacob tells her that there's the LaPush gang led by Sam, I think. And he's upset that all his friends are getting indoctrinated. Bella also sees people cliff diving and is like, that seems dangerous. Foreshadow, foreshadow. (laughs) Next chapter. Uh, Jacob and Bella (laughs) have finished making the bikes and now they're ready to go somewhere to like test them out. 
is a big day. Um, it's a big day. She hears she's hearing Edward's voice, which is the whole the whole reason she's doing this nonsense. Acting reckless on purpose, which is really fun. Reckless on purpose. She hears Edward's voice. Um, she goes too fast and crashes and cuts her head. And then Jacob takes his shirt off and blots her head. And then <laughs> Bella doesn't want her dad to know that she was on her bike. So they make up an excuse that she fell in the garage and landed on a hammer. That's what they tell the doctors. And that's what they tell her dad. <laughs> Which, which my favorite part of that is that it works, that they're like, classic Bella falling on hammers. Her dad is so willing to accept her weak ass excuses for why she's always hurt with these boys. Her dad has no, no expectations for Bella at this point. He's like, what did you, did you fall down? Sure. Why not? Traps (laughs) for you. Um, Jacob also is upset still that the gang is going on and all of his friends are being mean and his dad's being weird. And Bella's like, you can stay at our house if you want. Which, totally normal thing to offer your platonic friend. Next chapter. Um, so the Mike earlier was like, hey, do you want to go see a movie? And Bella was like, uh, maybe later. To now, it is later. So Bella finagles a thing. So she's like, oh, hey, Mike, let's go see that movie. movie. But like, as a group thing. And Mike's like, Hardcore friend zone. And she gets a group of like nine people to go, which inevitably whittles down to three because nobody actually wants to hang out with Bella. No one wants to hang out with Bella. And also they're puking. Everyone's sick of the flu. Oh, yes. The flu that sweeps Forks High School. It's really rough. Um, But the day, the night comes, they go to the movie it's really weird bella sits with jacob on her left and mike on her right and both <laughs> both of them have their hands waiting for her to hold them insane up. also like i'm not just like the constant pissing contest these three chapters between or this whole book really between mike and any other man in a situation it reaches a peak level here um jacob and bella have a conversation where jacob's like so you have a crush on me let's do crush things and bella's like i want to be friends and jacob's like um okay i guess that's all right um they go home mike pukes on the way home one of my favorite things is they're in the car mike is mike has been vomiting in the movie theater for like an hour now i'm assuming and jake he's putting her in the back of the car jacob just hands her a bucket hands mike a bucket and is like please and that's it He's like, don't get it on my new car. Jacob fucking hates Mike. I love it. Jacob, as he's leaving, he drops Bella off and he's like, I feel really sick. And then he goes home. Bella's really concerned. Calls a bunch of times. And then Billy picks up and is like, yeah, Jacob was fine. He's sick. Don't call. And hangs up. Mystery. Uh-oh. And then Bella calls again and talks to Jacob. And Jacob's like, no, seriously, don't come over. And it's like, ooh, want me or don't want me, Jacob? <laughs> He's playing hard to get. Uh, and that's these chapters of the Twilight New Moon. The Ballad of Jacob Black. Okay, so we have a lot to talk about um, with these chapters with Morgan. I love fresh blood in the arena to have hot takes bounced off of. Um, but first, I do need to have an update for Jacob and Bella's How Old Are They? This chapter, they continued their how fake old are we. Long story short is, Bella got a little older because she can cook. Jacob got mostly older for, I guess, more car stuff. Um, but we've decided that Jacob's a middle-aged man. Yeah, doesn't he end the chapter or end the chapters at 40? I think he's 40. 
So that makes it okay that Bella's two years older than him. It's really weird. It's it's continuing, and I can't wait to see by the end of the book. I assume they're going to both be 400 years old. I, I really hope. So Bella is, like, rationalizing, like, not dating not dating this boy, this young boy, um, which is really cute. And I hope it ends because the more Stephanie Meyer talks about it, the more I think about it. That makes it seem weird to us as readers. Yeah, it's she and she's obsessed with it. And the thing is, Jacob doesn't act any old like Jacob acts exactly like a 16 year old boy would act. Yeah. And Bella acts like uh, no other human being. On this <laughs> yeah, Bella <laughs> acts like some sort of, I don't know, like weird swamp monster. I can't. <laughs> I can't relate her to an age. Um, I, in the same vein, um, Bella keeps mentioning how Jacob isn't white over and over, which also makes it so weird. At one point, she's like, "I'm jealous of his copper skin," and I was, I wrote in my margin, I was like, "This is get out." <laughs> yeah. She wants to wear his body. And I think she even uses the word like "russet like a potato," and it's like Bella, <laughs> <laughs> Bella, whoa, chill out. Bella's not doing, I would say over these three chapters, one thing that I noticed is Bella's not doing anything particularly well. She's not, um, she's not setting any boundaries with Jacob particularly well. She's not communicating with any other person particularly well. She's, um, she's kind of, for me, losing it on all, at all sides. Like, but I think, I, <laughs> I think is that it's too harsh to say that Bella is not well. Bella, Bella, <laughs> Bella's trying her very hardest and it's just simply not enough uh and that's i think i think she doesn't know i don't think she knows where areas she needs to try better in step one is when you're sick bella you shouldn't spend the whole day on the bathroom floor with a pillow made of just a towel she's sick and she's throwing up so she spends the whole day on the floor and i'm like oh no but one thing i will say is that more than normally i would say the Bella fails whoever she's in a scene with like Bella fails whoever she's talking to in that one instance Charlie does fail Bella okay Charlie I love but he is not doing great things when your daughter is throwing up from a like a a stomach bug and she's like I want to be on the floor forever you get her up and put her in a bed he's like he'll like look and he'll be like you still alive cool see you later and he'll just leave and he doesn't at one point he she he leaves the house because he doesn't have access to a bathroom is what she Oh said. yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. Bella was taking up the bathroom and then he went to work and Bella was like, I guess he probably left early because he needs a bathroom. <laughs> and I thought, I don't think that is the reason, <laughs> Bella. <laughs> I that can't be true. It's so sad. He just he if she really one thing that's actually really beautiful about their relationship, the more I think about it, is that they have zero expectations of each other. They're like, you're not a, you're not going to take care of me when I'm sick. I'm going to feed you weird food and disappear for a lot of time at a time. Like, we we expect nothing of each other. I'm going to run into hammers. And that's just sort of how it is. That's unconditional love when you really think about it. That It truly is. Something about the relationship I do really like. Yeah. And that, like, they... He almost treats her like an adult in that, like, he lets her do her own thing. But also, but also remember, he disconnected her battery from her car to stop her from sneaking away that one time. So (laughs) he might just let her do what she wants because he truly could not keep track of another person if he tried, which is what you want in the police. I think that's part of it. (laughs) He can't handle his one daughter, let alone the town. Um, 
At one point, Bella goes, man, I like Jacob's dad because he really lets her, him do anything, even more than Charlie. And I was like, Charlie lets you do anything. Yeah. It really is a teen thing of like, no matter what your parents are like, you're constantly like, they're the most, there has to be a better way. And if you think about it, like for a full six months, Bella was literally sleeping with her boyfriend in her bed. And Charlie had no idea. What is she, what else does she want? Like, what freedom <laughs> does she not have? Well, I, she has to put her her um, just fear and sadness on somebody. So I guess we're going to put it on Charlie. And it's Charlie. Which is sad because I love Charlie. And honestly, even though Bella is not doing great for herself, I still want to defend her in general. Which I think comes up to our greatest divide that you and I have about Bella, whereas in these chapters, I think the onus is not on her. I think she sets boundaries, and then Jacob doesn't seem to respect them immediately, which then makes her feel badly, and then she's, like, polite, which then he thinks is her him winning in the long run. You know? I'm just, I just want, I just want one of these boys to take her seriously when she says, I'm not into that, can we just hang out? That's true. And I think that's true of Mike. I I think Mike, she's very clear. She's like, hey, Mike, I don't want to talk. Like, I don't want to be your girlfriend. I don't want to go to the dance with you. This movie, this is not a date. She is very clear with Mike. Jacob, I think, so she's just like, I don't know. I think maybe it's her, I think it's her actions, but also like everything behind her actions is so icky to me. We're like, because we're so lucky. We're blessed to know what she's thinking at all times. And everything... Um, everything she it is says, a gift. she's like, she's like, I need to be with Jacob. I need his warmth. I need that smile. He's his joy. Like, she's like, wow, the real reversal is she's the vampire. And she's like sucking all this stuff from him. And then when he's like, are we more than friends? She's like, no. And then she'll like hold his hand for four hours. And I just, I don't know. I think I think she does a really bad job at setting boundaries or even when she does set boundaries with Jacob, she instantly she instantly crosses them or like smudges them or she's like, well, just this once. And she like even <laughs> to the point where when they come over, she's like, it's a date. Just like you don't use the word date if you don't want your 16 year old best friend to think that you want to date him. I don't think that's unreasonable. I'm just OK. This is funny because <laughs> this has turned into a PBS debate. <laughs> You know, the things that they air on PBS, yeah. uh, two people arguing <laughs> about Twilight. One of those Twilight. classic Twilight debates. Um, here's, I'm just pushing for, okay, it, her, she just wants to have a close best friendship with this boy that does have some intimacy where maybe they could hold hands and it's nice because she just doesn't touch anybody these days. And it can still just be, they're very good friends. I think it's a shame. I want them to be good friends. But also Jacob's weird by the end of this. At the start of it, I go, is Jacob cute? And by the end of it, I'm like, uh, he needs to also chill out. Yeah, by the end of it. So I do think that they're both at fault. Let me be clear. Jacob is not blameless in the situation. But Jacob is, I don't know. He's, he he like, well, uh, I don't know. So they're like holding hands at one point And when Mike is throwing up. Uh, and he's literally, he's doing a sexy poem reading and he, he keeps doing that. She she says things, what does she say? Where she's like, this means more to you than it does to me. And, and that's just supposed to make it okay that she's acknowledging it. And he's like, so let me, like, let me bleed for you. It's just, 
I Yeah, she is a little bit like you can you can touch me all you want, but I'm a cold-hearted person and I feel nothing. So, it's like you're ha- shaking my hand, which is kind of a cruel thing to say. Yeah. Well, I think she's physically but He also does if I, that. If I understand weird... one thing about Bella, she's physically very cold all the times and she's like constantly attracted to Jacob's heat, like literally his body heat. So that's probably it's, it's funny how much they're painting Jacob to be the opposite of Edward, mostly in that like he's hot all the time, <laughs> whereas Jacob was so cold all the time. I was just like, okay, we we see what you're doing here. Yeah, Edward is Edward is cold and like stone, and Jacob is warm and not fuzzy, but he's very soft. Yeah, he's a golden retriever uh. of a friend. Jacob does a thing. That I thought was so shady where Bella <laughs> Bella gives him a high five for like he like finished building his dream car and Bella's like high five and then he holds his hand in the high five and then interlaces his fingers into hers forcing her to hold his hand and I said oh no. Uh, it's so gross and it's also so unnatural why didn't when you high five with someone why don't you immediately really like i've never had a lingering high five with anyone to the point where they could get to that point no if you high five with someone maybe you like follow through (laughs) you don't necessarily bounce off like a hot plate but you follow through with the motion but instead they smacked hands together and held them they just held them for a second just so that he could get in position and grab (laughs) they're trying to assert dominance with a high five And this is the point. So these chapters are also when she like so much of the book is categorized by like I now I'm feeling and now I'm numb. These are the chapters where she's like no longer numb again. She's like coming back to life. And I don't know this like there's such a a sick little um, thing of that where she hears Edward's voice and that's like what warms her. Sure, combined with Jacob's body heat, like warms her up and thaws her out. And it's just I. I don't know if we've already covered this in the pod as a whole, but like one thing that might be helpful for Bella is just a little bit of therapy where. I mean, I mean, they, Charlie brings it up and then she goes, I don't think I could do psychotherapy. And then that's all we get. Oh, good. As long as we addressed it. I'm sure there's, I'm sure at some point in history, someone has turned a psychiatrist into a vampire. I'm sure if Carlisle searched his network, he could come up with something. yeah do they uh somebody in his insurance network the hospital he worked at he's referred somebody to someone at one point it's just like even with edward gone she like he's now her conscience but like not i when you said like like edward's voice warms her up i was like that is true but it's so upsetting that this is what makes her feel alive because all edward says is like you're being a stupid child and she's like oh thank god my boyfriend's back yeah (laughs) uh oh! It is so mean. Edward's voice to her—I will say, Edward. Edward's voice to her does sound like like a voice that I have in my head when I'm just like being a real bitch to myself, you know? Where like you fuck up and you're like, "Oh, you're such a baby," and it's like his voice is like <laughs> oh, that to her all the time. She's like, oh, "Sounds like him." <laughs> oh, this really reminds me of my baby. When yeah, he says, <laughs> I'm baby. When he says, "Go home, talk to your dad, spank yourself." <laughs> And she's like, oh, thank God, my boyfriend's back. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. upsetting to see. Um, can't wait to see when she dives off that cliff, which I remember from the movie, but also the book makes it so thick with foreshadowing that she's going to jump off this dangerous cliff. Yeah. When they drive by the cliff and she's like, I want to, she's like, I want to do that. And you're like, Why? I want to do that. And Jacob's like, Bella, 
You were so scared of it two seconds ago. (laughs) (laughs) Jacob's like, Bella, it's cold outside. And she's like, I don't care. I want to have the adrenaline in my veins. And he, he like so openly hates the people who are doing it. Like it's, it's, that's when we learned about Sam and uh, Sam and the cool cult. Uh, And she's like, great, let's do it next weekend. It's, she just, she's not picking up any, anything. She doesn't listen to him. Oh my God. Sorry. Oh, we're unlocking some latent (laughs) rage. Some, you may some, be our, you may be our first uh, pod guest who is not on the Bella train as much um, as we are. It's which is it's tough. Fair. It's 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 tough to like her. I think what I like about Bella is I like the Bella that she could be, and I'm just sad that she's where she's at. But also that's her in the entire book. So really, I don't know where that ideal version of her lives. She has so much potential, and she never she even once lives up to it. No, she doesn't. That's Bella. <laughs> Bella is unmet potential. <laughs> uh, that's why she's so relatable. She sort of lives in all of uh, us. It's like when she says she doesn't want to go to college and she just wants to move in with Edward. And I'm like, oh no, you should go to college. Yeah. I think if she goes to college, she'll just in general just kind of fill out as a person. Yeah, she just, I mean, this is a larger, like, this is not in the three chapters, but she just has no desires, ambitions anything outside of Edward. I think in, in these, in, I'm not sure if it was these chapters and the ones before where she's just like, where she's like, yeah, I'm still alive because of number one, the promise I made to Edward and number two, who would feed Charlie? Like he's her dog. And then that's it. And those are like, she just has no, like no, nothing affects her outside of these two people anymore. Yeah. Which is why she needs to leave town, meet new people. And talk to her. Join an improv troupe. Sort of expand your horizon. Yes, and Okay, Bella, Bella as an improv improv partner though. Um <laughs> yeah, they're improv- hard. Hard to read. <laughs> yeah. You'll be like, hey mom, I'm so happy that you got that promotion. And then she would just be like, Oh uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I didn't work hard for it. And that's it. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> I don't think Bella gives a lot of gifts in this scene. No, not at all. Mm. Oh, goodness. Um, there's more Mike in this one. I'm surprised Mike has become a character who we see a lot. In the first he in the first book, we were like, oh, we're gonna meet the side characters and they kind of disappear. Um, but he's reemerged as Mike as ever in these chapters. Yeah, he I don't know why he's so he just he attached to Bella on like on like page 12 of the book and then of Twilight and like won't let it go. And every scene when they're like, when they're in Newton's, when they're, when they're at the lunch table, she literally, she'll just breathe. And he's like, wow, that's so interesting. Like, I don't understand (laughs) why he thinks she's so interesting. Maybe it's that she was the new girl and now, you know, he's a senior or whatever. And he's like, now it's my only chance. (laughs) Everyone else has already said no to me. (laughs) But also Bella said no to you. (laughs) Yikes. Um, it's so funny because like when Bella's talking to him, she in her narration is like, I saw him get happy, I saw him get deflated, I yeah. saw him see a chance, I saw me shut him down. Like he's so easy to read for her. Um, that he must be the most animated talker uh that she's ever spoken with. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's like that with she's like that with Jacob too, where I think she in the same way that like she sort of has an effect on people like we're led to believe 
that she just has such a large effect on people. I think that she by walking into a room. Bella walks into the room or sits down at the cafeteria table and the whole world looks at her. Um, but ooh, I'm mad. Um, but she <laughs> like she believes it too. So I think that she as she's like watching these like boys um react to her, she just has to in her head, she's like, noted. I said it wasn't a date. He got <laughs> sad. Huh. Like that's just that's sort of this the is like yeah, it's early twilight. Bella, where she was kind of playing like oh, she was kind of like catty, mean girl at times, and she was like, "Everyone wants my attention, but ugh, I just want to be by myself." But I know that I'm so popular. <laughs> she like likes to play this unwanted weirdo, but also everyone is thirsty to be her friend, except for Lauren Cornhilk's corn silk hair girl. Actively does not like her and campaigns against people going to the movies with her. Yeah, which I, I love that it got to the point where, like, there were those two boys, Cody and whatever, and she wanted, they were going to go to the movies, and they were like, but Lauren must have gotten to them first. And it's like, or they just don't want to go to the fucking movie with you. <laughs> oh, that's funny, because I read it fully as Lauren had an underground campaign of, like, oh, Bella wants to do this. Don't go to the movies with Bella. She's going to act weird and then also lead you to dangerous alleys. <laughs> Do you think that Lauren organized, you know how in high school, some people would like organize anti-proms for people who didn't want to go to the prom to the prom. Do you think that Lauren like organized an anti-event where she was like, we don't want to go hang out with Bella. So we're going to go see this movie in the equidistant town that away. She probably would. I was going to say Lauren is definitely, she would definitely advocate for normal prom. She seems big status quo to me. Oh yeah. And a part of the status quo is not hanging out with the weird girl. Where's the Lauren spinoff where it's just pretty much a normal high school experience and then this weird girl shows up (laughs) and then everyone and she's like, please, can we just ignore her? It's called like Sunny with a Chance of Clouds where it's just like regular. (laughs) Um, She is a character in High School Musical. So Bella shakes things up by like talking to the Cullens and all this stuff. And she's like, that's not how we do it, Bella. <laughs> um, so she's the one who tells, you know, the the girl not to dance or the skateboarder not to play cello. Or should we just watch High School Musical? Wait, did I watch High School Musical? Should we? I would love that. Do you think, is Lauren then like Sharpay? Is she like, n- not even, she's not interesting enough. <laughs> no, she's nothing. She's just the girl with the bad hair. She cut it short because, and it's still bad. Yeah, that was such a weird, that was such a weird... <laughs> Such a weird detail where they were like, her haircut's bad. And you're like, oh. <laughs> okay. Thanks thanks for sharing, Bella. Yeah. I love the, the background feud. Um, of Jessica Lauren. and Lauren against, of, uh, against Bella at all times. Yeah. It, it peaks up again in these chapters. And my favorite things about this book are when the teen normal friend drama comes through. To me, that's really fun. Yeah, because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's so teenage. Like, Bella is such a teenager. One thing, I don't know, I'm sure that this is something, I don't know, just every single moment in this, in this book, no matter who she's with, is just like, it's either angsty or lusty. And that's, that just is so teenage to me. Those are the two moods. The two teen moods. two, Two teen moods. Most of the time, it's both of them together. I'm either mad or sexy, and there's no in between. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, what a crazy couple chapters. We really got a deep dive into Jacob, and I'm conflicted because I think he's, like, nice and friendly and clearly gives Bella something that she needs, which is just, like, a warm friendship. But I don't love that he 
can't accept that maybe she just wants to be friends and that's nice. Yeah, it's um it neither of them do a good job of like not being more than friends. Yeah, they um need to, maybe what they need to do is hang out with people in a group setting more. They kind of they tried to do that here but they didn't quite get there. Well, no, and I wouldn't hang out with Bella either, but I think that they need to like <laughs> have some distance like they by the end of this by the end of chapter 9 they're literally spending they have their weeks structured in that they are spending every day together in some capacity either they're doing homework at her house or they're fixing the bikes you know or like writing yeah. doing their thrill seeking which is cute they're effectively dating in high like this is like how high schoolers date and they're doing it and we we started to set that line but we need to make it a, a harsher line in the sand before it gets too far but yeah i guess we're just gonna have to read more and find out well, you'll just listen to us read more. You shouldn't read more. Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually tagging out here so somebody can hop in for me. <laughs> okay, uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk about the things that we simply must discuss further. Sound good? Bye. See you later. Bye. All right, Morgan. Are you ready? I'm ready. We're going to do things we can't stop thinking about. Um, the elements in the chapter that really stuck out to us, but or hard to bring up in a longer conversation. Um, uh, would you like to go first or you want me to go first? Um, I would love to go first. Uh, I have been, since I, I literally had to take a break once I read this sentence, um, where at the very end of the third chapter, after they come back from the movie, like she separates from Jacob and she says that she thinks, and she doesn't say it, but she thinks in her head, how much I wish that Jacob Black had been born my brother, my flesh and bro- blood brother, so that I would have some legitimate claim on him that still left me free of any blame now, which is there's like a lot to unpack there. But I think the part that really grossed me out about it is that they just spent the past the past like three hours holding hands and he even he's like tracing the ins. I, I mentioned this earlier. He's like tracing the insides of her of her little fingers and he's um just like touching her a lot and she's like boy oh boy i wish you were my brother this idea Good point. in the context i wrote i was writing down that i thought it was like a little sad that she wished she had like you know someone close to her in her life that like wasn't like a relationship kind of thing but hearing it explained by you again and in context it is odd that she's like i wish i he was my brother so we could do this but then not have the expectations of like a relationship. So she's like, I wish I had a brother so we could be intimate and I wouldn't have to explain it, yeah. <laughs> which is so weird. If she had just started like back to this original thing where if she had started, she's like, I felt like Jacob was my brother. I should tell, tell that to him and set boundaries. But instead she waits. Good point. Show. If she said, you're like my brother, that would shut things down so, so fast. fast. <laughs> but instead she's like, let's, let's be weird. Let's be touchy, touchy and hold our, hold our hot hands together and then (laughs) and then and then she wishes after all of that happened that he was her flesh and blood would she make sure to include brother and that is disgusting and i don't that is weird with my siblings in that way (laughs) it is odd it's so weird i and when i read that i literally closed the book and i was like let's take a walk because it was just Sometimes Steph does that to you. You read her words and you say, I need to process this. A <laughs> yeah. You want to go back out into the real world where most siblings 
just don't hold hands like that in that sexy don't, way. Who, who don't do that. And I, I haven't been able to stop thinking about it since. Uh, something I can't stop thinking about is Bella takes a Jacob. She's like, hey, let's go find this old meadow I found once. Um, it's the meadow where she and um, Edward had a moment. But she's like, if I go back, I might see Edward. So she gets Jacob to help her find it, like, between when they're fixing the bikes. Um, so they're out, and it's, like, off the trail, and it's hard to find. And Jacob has to like, have a map and a compass so they don't get lost. Which is not, you You should always stick to the trail. You should not go off the trail. There's a trail for a reason. Bella's like, oh, such a long day. So she gets back to the car and then she's like, oh, I have so many blisters on my feet. And she describes it as so many blisters. There's no new place for a blister to form. <laughs> which means like her entire foot is enveloped in one big blister. So I'm imagining she doesn't have to wear shoes anymore. She goes to school and she has like air cushioned little feet. Um, and it's really gross. Um, and I hate thinking about it. Yeah. And it's also the thing about blisters and I'm so sorry to do this to you, Chris, but the thing about blisters is that they pop. Her foot's going to (laughs) pop. I'm imagining her like taking a step and it just being like, (laughs) and then she's going to have all this extra skin. Yeah. Ew. Bella. Where are the proper, she works at a sports goods store. She got her shoes for an impressive 20% off as she told us. Yeah. You should buy some nice socks. Yeah. Why didn't she get a good pair of socks? Also, 20% off is a really bad employee discount. It should be 50 Yeah, it's not that good. It should be cl- It should be like 30 or 40% at least. Yeah. And she should know, like, why would hiking boots be different than any other pair of shoes? You got to break them in, Bella. <sighs> Bella doesn't think things through like this. <laughs> <sighs> oh, man. Do you have anything else that really stuck out to you? Um, oh yeah, I think one of my other favorite moments. So when chapter nine starts, uh, Jacob has just finished his cool, cool new car, which I think is called a rabbit. He drives to pick up Bella and they're all going to go in Mike's big car, but everybody flakes because no one wants to hang out with Bella. And so it's just the three of them. So they end up driving Jake's rabbit. Um, as the night persists and Mike comes down with the stomach flu that's getting everybody, he has to get back into Jacob's car after vomiting for at least an hour. And he... Jacob hands Mike a bucket and says, he just says the single word, please, when he hands him the bucket. <laughs> I just think that's such a beautiful moment. The one single moment of shared understanding between Mike and Jacob where he just hands him the bucket. He just says, please. The one time that they um, hung out and it was good. Earlier, Bella's like, oh, I went inside to get something and I came back outside. And Jacob and Mike were standing six yards away from each other on the <laughs> lawn and not talking. <laughs> <laughs> Which I said, great social distancing <laughs> these times. Very timely. A lot of um, f- uh, uh, virus talk in these chapters. Um, my last thing is just a really short thing of when Bella um, rides on the motorcycle for the first time. She explains what it's like in the weirdest way possible. Which is, he, she says, and I was flying. There was wind that wasn't there before. Blowing my skin against my skull and flinging my hair back behind me with enough force that it felt like someone was tugging on it. <laughs> what? Bella? Just say you were going real fast and it was windy. What are you talking about? There was wind that wasn't there before. Pulling her worst- skin against her skull. Her skin on the skull is so nasty. <laughs> it's like she has excess skin that's like flapping and being like pushed against her. Uh, it was gross. Bella's gross. Bella, don't forget she has waist-length Kim Davis hair. (laughs) 
She doesn't talk about it. She only mentioned it one time, but it's enough for me to remember. So she has waist-length hair blowing behind her like a cape <laughs> with her loose face skin pulled back. She is like a horrible creature of the night. Do you ever think that Bella is just like waiting to be an inappropriate aunt? Like with her waist-length hair mean? and her weird relationship with her brother and the way she can't <laughs> describe anything normally. She is 20 years away from being so fucking weird at thanksgiving uh she already is that person bella is um kind of horrible to behold but weren't we all when we were 17 no she's 18 she's 18 even still bad when i was 18 i was also working at a sport goods store so i'm kind of bella so you're Bella? Is that why you're I, is that why you're so offended when I'm so rude to her? I think so. I'm just now making this connection and it is shattering my world. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, Morgan, it's been absolutely wonderful having you on. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Um I'm actually pretty upset again that you made me read this book. But <laughs> um, I mean, that's fair. It's it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to remember. To look back and remember, you know, when I was in high school, I thought this was the sexiest thing in the world. Exactly. It is. That's the a great joy of reading this is um, just unlocking hidden memories. Yeah. And, and angsty. It was, it's just angsty and, and dirty. And I love that. So, so thanks for those emotions. <laughs> Turns out we haven't changed much since teenagers. Either <laughs> yeah. angsty or dirty. <laughs> Am I either mad or horny? And that's it. Oh, man. These in America, too. Same. <laughs> um, It's been a joy. Excited for more of this book, I guess. Um, I really want to see where Jacob, how how this all goes, because he's clearly doing some werewolf puberty things. Um, So keep an eye out on that. Check out our Instagram at Edward is a Vampire Pod. Send us an email. Edward is, Edward is a Vampire pod at gmail.com uh make sure please leave us an itunes review rate it five stars leave us a written review we absolutely will love it and we will read it on the podcast or or write in your review please don't read this on the podcast and then we won't uh you know what you're in control of your destiny speaking of your destiny morgan anything you want to plug um you should <laughs> sign up for <laughs> team warren their newsletter uh <laughs> They're still collecting those. Uh, my Twitter is it's Morgan Burris, and um, I'm reading The Silkworm by Robert Galbraith, aka J.K. Rowling. You should read that too. It's a better book. Wow, a plug for an important political newsletter full of insight and uplifting uh, messages. A plug for a great friend to follow at Instagram and Twitter, um, and, a, and a plug for a great book. A triple plug. Uh, love a TP. <laughs> Boo. Oh, no. Okay, uh, with that, I have to um, hide in shame. So we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. What if I go back to that field where we fell in love? By fell in love, I mean the field where Edward ripped a tree up to scare me and said, I'm going to murder you. <laughs> that romantic memory of mine. <laughs>